Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Claw and the King podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Dopey. How are you today, my friend? I'm great. Doing great. Doing great? That's yeah. fantastic to hear. That's fantastic to hear. Um, a lot has happened, I think, in the world of Australian sport anyways. A um, couple grand finals, a couple preliminary finals here and there. And obviously, this man is pretty excited uh, because of his NRL affiliation. But yeah, there's a lot to get into today. Maybe some future news and also some charity sideman charity match that i thoroughly enjoyed but he was too lazy to stay up and watch it but that's by the by uh we'll give you a in-depth analysis anyways so what would you like to uh move on to first my friend yeah we'll start with the nrl kick it off the big stuff um obviously the the pointy end of the winter sports season in australia um one of the one of the best times of the year especially when your team's doing well oh uh, yeah unless you're a tigers um, fan then it's probably the worst time of the year for you but yeah all the best because you're not watching the tigers so I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll start by reviewing the two prelims this weekend. So the first game was the Cowboys versus the Eels. Um, now, I, w- I was forced to, to say going into this game that the Cowboys were my second team um, by one of our mates, and that was that was very difficult for me to do. Um, why, why did he force you to say that the Cowboys were your second team? So that they would win. So that they would win. Um, and then it, they would be in the grand final, but it, it didn't it, happen like that. Though, no, did it? it didn't happen. The, the Cowboys were the better team, though. Um, the Cowboys just suck, though. They they showed that they're they're a shit team, a shit club, filled with losers, and they choked. I mean, they they were the better team. Parramatta sucked, and they somehow choked an eight point lead with like ten minutes left. Well, they showed their inexperience. I'd say that. I think a lot of people were, especially in the professional media sort of circle, they're sort of saying that this is the Definite, definite grand final team. You know, this is for sure going to make the grand final. Oh, this team's definitely going to make the grand final. Uh, but I think the lack of experience wasn't talked about enough in that team. I, you think, look, I think most people were picking Para mm, to win that I saw. Well, I, I just think if you thought the Cowboys were going to win, it was a bit of a stupid bet. Because even that's the best the Cowboys could have played, to be honest. Yeah, but they, they should have won. But they didn't, though. They didn't. If and the best the Cowboys could have played, they couldn't close it out. And I think that was the key thing um, going into the game that Parramatta, even though they have experience of losing in the finals, their players still have. I don't want to say more star quality, but you know what I mean. The North Queensland seems like a very together team. It seems like a lot of, uh, you know, coherent parts moving together, but not no real super. Maybe Nanai could count as a superstar, but Tamalolo. Yeah, you could, there's a couple in there, but I think in the spine of Parramatta, there's a lot more overall talent, you could say, and they sort of just clawed it out at the end for them, I think. The clutchness yeah. of that spine uh, really brought it home for Parramatta, and yeah, it was a it was a weird game. Parramatta looked out of it for most of it, um, but they clawed their way back, and they're going to be in a final for yeah. the... Is it first time since 2009, I believe? Yeah, since the uh, legendary Jared Hayne run. Um yeah, first time for them. They're they're obviously a terrible club. They're they're very rarely good. Um, even though they've been good the past you know five years, but they haven't been mm. threats for the premiership. Um, that with, with Parramatta, their main thing is their forwards. Like their backs get all the credit, but they really they they never perform well unless their forwards dominate. Yeah, um, and it's like Campbell Gillard and Paulo. They've become pretty much the the best one two combination in the comp. Um, and obviously Sean Lane and Papa Lee have been incredible. This well, yeah, year. Sean Lane has probably been the difference for them i think you know the, uh, 
coming into this season, you're looking, well, this is the, probably the last dance for this group of Parramatta players. Um, and you're like, well, they've fallen short so many times. I, is there any difference makers or anything different that's going to sort of make them go over that line or go over that hurdle? Uh, but Sean Lane has proven to be that guy, in my opinion. You know, he's definitely, he just, he looks a bit of, he looks a bit like you, actually. Well, he he, he doesn't he really. He runs a bit like you. He's a bit, he looks a bit uncoordinated. However. Well, he's just tall and skinny fat. Yeah, like you. But he's very, in terms of offensively, he's definitely an unbelievable weapon. His ability to get his arms free and give a good offload. Um, he runs hard at the line. He's all, he's just one of those tough people to tackle. He's just an awkward player to tackle. Um, and yeah, he's been an absolute difference maker for that team, in my opinion. And, yeah, they've been fantastic. Yeah, I mean, apart from Wonga Blake, they, they've been a great team in the finals. Thing is, Wonga Blake's been good apart from just that those three drops. Didn't he drop get balls in the start of this game as well? He might have dropped one, but yeah, I don't know. It's par for the course, really, as, as a winger. But um, not not as much as he does it though. But well, that's that's by the by. Anyway, just back. Ju- you can just back, back your former ba- players. I yeah. thought you called him a Judas. No, yeah, I hate the form players. Wonga Wonga Blake or Fucker Blake, as we call him, um, as we call him. Regan Campbell-Gillard or Regan Campbell-Shittard and uh, Bryce Cartwright or... Don't say that word. I know I know what you're... Li- I, know, what? I know what you're about to say. I, d- I had no idea where I was going with that. Oh, okay. I think we all know Bryce where... Bryce Flopright. Um, anyway. The but three of them, they, they can all get stuffed. Well, I mean, they move to get better opportunities, move away from a cesspit called Penrith. Better, so. Okay, and they've missed out on three grand finals in a row. Well, they could beat you in this one, so it's a very interesting we'll matchup. So the other game, but which well, was before we get on to that, it has to be said, um, the Mitchell Moses forward pass, uh, horrendous call. I mean, the officials, they're just, there's no way they can't have an influence on the game at this point. They're just that brain dead. Um, it's, it, I don't understand how they hire these people. They, it literally has to be <laughs> one of the uh, prerequisites of hiring a referee is that you have rocks in your head um, and you like making incorrect calls. I mean, that's the only way that, that it's possible. Um, like, Mitchell Moses is facing his own goal line and he's yeeted the ball over his shoulder and it's gone three metres forward. And then the referee... Physically, he couldn't pass it backwards. Yeah. It would be virtually impossible to pass it backwards. And the referee's just angle. gone, fine, fine, play on. And they fucking score. So, yeah, people are saying, you know, Cowboys still could have won that game. Yeah, they still could have won that game. There was plenty of time left. But the fact is, if the correct call was made... Parramatta would be on their uh, Mad Monday right now. Yeah. Because well, that's six points less. They won by four. Well, so. I, I don't think that... You can't make that sort of... because Why? Because the whole game would have turned out different if that certain situation didn't happen. So it, it, you can't really make that sort of judgment call. However, it, the ref did aid them in that situation. Um, but yeah, it was just it's one of those things that happens. I think the Cowboys got scr- uh, screwed over... Sorry, the Cowboys had an unbelievably lucky call in the regular season that was very controversial against the Tigers. Yeah, but that doesn't. Well, I mean, karma karma comes and goes. It, you know, it hit, comes back to you at some point, and I think uh, yeah, I think the Cowboys would give up those two points now well, if they could. It karma comes and goes. It happens. You hmm. you got unbelievably lucky with Felt flopping like a fish. Um, Felt now, is that honestly? He has a. He should feel active. guilty. Honestly, he like, should be in the dressing room going. His, his, this his, is my fault. His entire skill set is just falling over and jumping and putting the ball down acrobatically. Like, well, that's that's kind of an important skill. As he a should be a diver. Like, I think he could actually oh, transition to go to the Olympics. Olympic diving. 
Yeah, wow. because he's he's honestly his best attribute on the field is just jumping high, which is diving. Yeah, and his second best attri- attribute is falling over really easily, which is. I also don't think diving. he'd be accepted though. He's got too many tattoos. I don't see too so many I think, divers. I with think it matters really. Uh, I think he's too covered. I think it's a very gentleman's sort of sport. Carl felt I don't think really why because they they wear speedos. No, it's just it feels like a very gentleman's kind of sport. Carl felt just doesn't really look the part to be honest with you, but. That's by the by. Um, the next game. Next game, obviously the main event. Uh, grand final rematch from last year. Panthers versus Souths. Um, Cody Walker is the most overrated player in the history of the... Pro- Here it comes every year. <laughs> every year. I mean, the South sucked. I, I'm like, can I not comment on that? They sucked. Yeah, but everybody sucks against us. That's what you don't understand. No, we didn't. South's- we didn't. When we beat you. Yeah, but what the, the footy we're playing now cannot be compared to the footy we played against you. It just cannot. Completely different. Okay. I, I don't... I just think teams make... Ma- Look, and obviously Penrith have got something to do with it because the amount of pressure that they put on their opponents. However, there has been unbelievably bad performances against you in the finals oh this year. I, you can't objectively say that you've had a good team or you, you've had a good performance against you and you've thought, oh, that's, that was a good win because the other team was good. But you can't have a good performance against us because we are just that much better. Now, Ashley Klein was refereeing this game, and I thought, "Yeah, he did." Here it is. I've something. been saying it all year. This is it. The moment's coming. And the first twenty, thirty minutes of the game, I was like, "Holy shit, it's actually happening!" Because we we went twelve yeah, nil down. Yeah, you were losing. Yeah. Um, and the the first it should have been twelve nil basically because the first try, um, Lachlan Ilias basically did what Kyle Felt did against the Tigers, fell over. We scored off the play. They get the penalty. Um, well, he was grabbed, but yeah. Yeah, but he was nowhere near the ball, and he actively he tried near, to fall over. But he was near the ball. He tried, tried to fall over, yeah, but he was still grabbed, and he was but close he, to he, the ball. He was not he was, even trying was, to get... He wasn't making an attempt to get to the ball. He I know, was but making he was close to, to the ball, over. though. He was close to the ball. Should, and that, and that bounce was a bounce from heaven, by the way. I mean... <laughs> it literally so bounce matters. Yeah, but come on, that was an unbelievably lucky bounce. That's it just happened fucking, to fall. That's how rugby works, man. I know, but that you can't say that was should have been a try because it wouldn't. It was clearly what? not. You can't say it shouldn't have been a try because it was a lucky bounce. No, because it was an unbelievably lucky bounce in the first place. So it's not like you outplayed them on that play. What? But fucked is a no, lucky no, no. But that, that's not it. my point. My point is. It was a penalty because even though it was soft in terms it, of it how he fell, he was grabbed when he was right next to the ball. Okay. So, well, whatever. From from that penalty, they score the next set, um, which was fine, fine. But they shouldn't have had the ball in the first place. They so, should have. It um, was, he grabbed him. <laughs> See, this is Oscar. He just then, he's in rose-colored glasses when it comes to the. Then Panthers. we get to the Charlie Staines try, which I, I think everybody I've seen says that was the wor- one of the worst obstruction calls they've ever seen in their life. That's not biased. That's from coming from uh, pundits, from professionals, from everybody. Well, again, um, obstruction's done by the letter of the law. It's yeah, but, yeah, but the, obstructions are made for block plays. They're not made for someone standing by the letter- 10 metres in front of the guy running know, the ball. Everyone has a problem with the obstruction rule. It happens to every team. They get fucked over by stupid but calls. But this is, this is different. This, was, this call has not been made before. So Luai runs behind Fisher-Harris, mm. except Luai is 5 to 10 metres behind Fisher-Harris and immediately passes the ball. So it's physically impossible for any South defender to have gotten to him. Yeah, yeah I know, but it's not... 
the rule is not based upon logic. It's based upon a well, it set has of to be. Well, that, that's a problem. Based, it has to be. It has well, to be yeah. based on logic. Well, it's not based on logic. Yeah, but the rule it has isn't to be. logical. Has to be, that's rule, what I'm saying. It has to be. Everyone changed. in them nan knows that the rule isn't logical, but everyone gets shafted by it because it, everyone knows that defenders can get there, and the obstruction really doesn't mean anything most of the time. But when you run behind a player. In the le- by the letter of the law, you are seen to be taken advantage, even though you aren't. But that's in a block play situation. The letter of the law. Obstruction is not meant for general play after plays have well, already gone through the line. Well, you can obstruct in general play. But that's that's not what the rule's for. I know it's not what the rule's for, but by the now, rules, they have to kind of do it. Okay, well, you're the only person that's saying that's well, the I don't think call. it's. I don't <laughs> think it is the correct call. I've said I didn't think it was a correct call. I thought it was a clear try. But by how stupid the obstruction law is... I don't think there's a problem with them disallowing the try and giving you the ball on their try line, which you had and you didn't score. But that was, I had no problem with them um, giving, not awarding the try based upon the rules. Because Even though it's a stupid rule, it still is in the rules. So I have no quarry with okay. that. Well, well, that's the second point. Now, following this, we Toto scored one of the fucking best tries I've ever seen. That guy is a beast. Um, he get that, that wasn't so a beast in origin, by the way. Not like was, a lot of your Penrith was, players, but just um, absolutely wanking. So we we scored two tries in the last four minutes of the half to make it twelve all. From that point, South were done really. Um, so we come out in the second half, absolutely pumped them, put them to the sword. Um, and then obviously the, the last um, controversial call, which it didn't matter in this game, so I wasn't filthy on it. But it's just like. This week, if we're in a closed game and they make a call like that, it just it something has to change. Where Stephen Crine goes for the ball, he literally plants it down like this, and like okay, it's a try. He scored a try. He's he scored a try, and the and the umpire goes in in the bunker. There's no downward pressure, and it's it's what are you looking at, mate? For the last 100 years of rugby league, that's been a try. We've seen. You, oh, you sound like Gus Gould now. It's you like, remember that Ben Barber try where he did a front flip in the end goal and he, the ball was out of his hand and they gave it a try. Like, the amount of tries that don't have downward pressure that they give. And this one is, he's fucking, he's put a lot of force in that. There was probably 100 kilos of force through that pressure. That and they've just gone, kilos. no, it's it's not a try. Well, now, how, I, I how don't can, watch it. How so can you come to that decision? How I, is that possible? I can't make a comment on it because I turned the TV well, off. Well, I watched point. it. And it was a try. So. Right. What are you complaining about? Okay, you were disallowed a try I'm when you already won the game. That the fucking officials suck, and in a close game, everyone knows that. Yeah, but so that's why it has to be pointed out, isn't it? So it changes. It's not going to change though, because you've got Muppets who are the rugby league referees. Well, then we still have to roast them, so they understand that they're shit. Oh, are they going to listen? They're going to be like, oh, who knows? The king. They're like, <laughs> who knows? Right. Maybe they will, but it's just it's scary because the officials will undoubtedly have. An influence on this grand final, um, and you just got to pray that it's hopefully in your towards Parramatta's way. I'm praying. For well, that is that's what Parramatta have to pray for because they can't win based on. Um, well, they they beat you twice this year. So. <sighs> I'm not going to hear that anymore. Well, but um, it happened. So well, out of the three games we've played, the finals game has the most importance, and we pumped them by thirty. So. Yeah, after Wagga Blake dropped it about thirty times, but anyway, we're not. That's not why we're talking. Um, do you want to do a preview of the grand final or moving on? Yeah, yeah, preview of the grand final. Obviously, who are we going to pick? This will just show if you're biased or actually using your brain because there is only one pick. Mm. So, who are you going to pick? Well, I mean, obviously, logically, I- I'll do it th- with my heart and my head. 
my head is telling me that Penrith are going to win, but my heart is telling me that he's going to be crying, and I'm praying for that. I'm just praying. I'm like, oh my god, please, Parramatta. If there is any, is there a Parramatta god? Is there an eel god? Yeah, it's uh, Sterling. Sterlo, <laughs> please Sterlo, bless the eels and make sure that they beat these grubby little panther shits who never show up for Origin but somehow play unbelievable when the when they're in that cesspit called Penrith. I just hate them with a passion. Well, I don't hate anyone, you know. <laughs> love, peace. Ah, oh, it's cool to hate people. No, you don't. I'd never hate. Spread love. But yeah, it's just I'm just hoping with all my heart that Parramatta can upset them. And I think it'd be a cool story as well. The last dance sort of for this Parramatta team. Um, a lot of these players are going to be leaving. In order for it if to be the last dance, you have to have had previous success. But I mean, it's the last dance for this group. I think that's not an overreaction or an over-exaggeration. Um, so yeah, this is a very important game for Parramatta in terms of their team. Obviously Penrith, even though they're losing Kikau and um, a couple of their players, uh, the, the nucleus is still probably going to be together for a long time. So it's a big game for Parramatta and I think they can upset them, but it's just going to be, this, everything's going to have to go right. And it, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen, to be honest, but I'm I'm praying for a Parramatta win. That's what I was all no, saying. Yeah, it, it most likely, or almost certainly won't happen. Um, See, I think, this is what, it, this I what think, happens when he gets too cocky. I think though. we could be in line for one of the all-time grand final thrashings. Um, there we go. It, when you look at that game, Against the Rabbitohs, it was lucky that it wasn't 50 put on them. Um, well, you started slow like you have done a lot. We started slow because of the officiating. We right. were actually the better team. You started easily. slow the week before as well against Parramatta. Yeah, but that's what we do. We outlast teams and we just Well, I mean... The and be, it's because of our, our bench is incredible. The best bench in the comp easily. And Parramatta have one of the worst benches in the comp. They don't really have any... X factor coming off the bench. They've got Jacob Arthur, which is a cone sitting there. So they only have. Well, three you have players. Salmon on the bench. So yeah, but he's our cone. He doesn't come on. Yeah, um, Jacob Arthur rarely comes on as well. So, but if you're Parramatta, you need everything you got, right? So we've got Scott Sorensen. Um, who else do we have? Lanyu. Lanyu. Fuck. He's how am I? How am I knowing your team <laughs> more than you? This is how, <laughs> who is our last player? Sorensen, Lanyu, and Salmon. And oh, what a fan you are, Jesus. What what's the what's the last prop? Wow, that's that's bad for me. That is um, shocking. He's a Penrith fan. Remember, he's just pretending. He might pretend to be. I think but, he's actually a Chooks fan. But um, he's a secret Chooks fan. The Eels have like Bryce Cartwright, who's not a meter eater. He's he's an error maker, really. Um, and like Oregon Kafusi, who is average first grader at best. So the benches are just extremely incomparable so that's where we sort of get the upper hand through the the middle minutes of the game and then obviously Fisher Harris and Leota come back on to pump them at the end so I think it could be 40 plus realistically realistically um I think you know Toto's too much he's come into his own recently my god if Taylor May comes back well that's the thing Charlie Staines is a weak spot for you he is a weak spot he is the worst player in the team easily apart from Salmon but um I mean he can't I mean, could you imagine him coming up against Regan Campbell-Gillard? And yeah, but he's Paula. a winger. He's I know, but if he's taking the ball back, Regan Campbell-Gillard's coming at him. It, it could drag him back 30 metres. I mean, it, it could be a, 
record. Mate, Walker Blake's getting dragged back. Gutherson's getting dragged back. Not as much as Charlie's. Charlie Staines could run the ball up to the 50-meter line the thing and is, get all the way back in the end He goal. is very fast, so you just got to put him in some space um, and let yeah, him but he's go. Not, I don't think he's a dynamic finisher, though. He's not, he's not like a... He's not going to... An Alex Johnston or something like that. He's fast, no. but I don't think his finishing is top-notch at all. No, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he's good at all. But well, that's the thing. It, you could be exposed defensively. He's not that. He's not that good either. So it's a no, really defensively is terrible. Their first try, fuck that. He's flown out of the line and the, the, for no reason. Like Crichton's just tackled the center. Staines has already run to halfway and he's just thrown the ball. Is it? Is it? Hopefully, yeah. Like his defense is very bad. I'll say that. So um, yeah. I think there are opportunities for Parramatta. They've obviously. You, I know you don't like hearing it, but they have beaten you this year, so that they, they do have a sort of record of having com- at least competitive games against you, where a lot of teams haven't. Um, so I do think there is probably. I'd be more, but let me put it this way: I'm more confident that the Eels can beat you than the Cowboys. If it, if the Cowboys were coming up against you, I'd be like, oh, I'm not even going to watch it. It's, it. There's not even a point. These Cowboys, these Cowboys suck. I mean, I'm not going to watch Cowboys get pumped by forty. It's just not. I'm just not watching it. You're not going to watch the grand final. If the Cowboys, if it's Cowboys wow. Penrith, I am not watching that shit. Okay, it's going right. to be the same thing as the Swans. It exact same thing. A young team that's got talent but really shouldn't be there. Um. Well, yeah, I, I would say if if you're going to bet, go Penrith thirteen plus at least. Um, Clive Churchill. You know, clear he's obviously the obvious favourite. I, I think Coruscant in his last game for the club mm. gets a Clive Churchill. Now the issue with that, this is also why we're starting slow because that's oh, Coruscant's are on the bench. That's yeah. what my fucking yeah. Hit. Why is Coruscant um, on the bench? That's why we're starting slow because Ivan's putting Coruscant on the bench and Mitch Kenny's on. Yeah, now Mitch Kenny's solid. He's really good in defence, but in attack he's not great. He doesn't offer much. His service is nowhere near as good as Coruscant's. So that's why we start slow, idiot Oscar. But um. Yeah, I think in his last game for the club, if Ivan gives him enough minutes, he wins the Clive Churchill. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going for Wonga Blake. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a story? Wouldn't a that? winger. The first winger ever to win a Clive Churchill, and it's Wonga Blake. Yep. I'm hat trick, predicting hat trick, and he's going to catch every one of those hat Cleary trick. bombs. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, the mighty, mighty Eels pull through and the, end the longest drought in the history of the NRL. Or, I don't know if history, but... Longest round in the it's NRL. Pretty long. It was 1986 was the last time they won it. Something like that. I don't know the year, but... Back when Sterlo was Before playing. I was alive, I know that. I know Nathan Hyamarsh didn't win one, but um, that's right. about it. But he should have when the Storm were cheating. Well, he, he lost the game, but yeah, I get your point. He might have lost to a different team, but yeah. Or he might have won. You never know. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Uh, we'll quickly touch on the AFL-GF. Obviously, the Swannies went down... Quite embarrassingly, to be honest, against Geelong. Honestly, I mean, um, it's the understatement, understatement of the century, I think. Yeah, I had high hopes going into that game, to be fair. I did think they were going to pull out the upset. Geelong have been the best team all year, but the uh, Swans did beat them in the regular season. So I thought they had a chance, really, but they just got pumped. They didn't have anything for Who's them. A go- I, forgive me, I am, I do, I'm not an AFL fan, if you can't tell, but... Um, Who's the guy? You know, in the middle where they do the tip off. Who's the, who's the guy for Geelong? He's like I, I've recognised him. He's like an old player. He's the big guy. The big guy for Geelong. Yeah, the big guy. He dominated the start of the game. I don't know. Their big players are like Dangerfield, Selwood, Hawkins. Yeah, I think it's Haw- I don't know. But well, you Hawkins know, Hawkins is a forward though. You know, at the start when they 
do the they do the tip or whatever or when they you know oh I think he is a forward when or when the umpire throws the ball over his head and the two big guys try and tip the ball is that Hawkins does he do that oh he might do it in the forward line but he yeah wouldn't, he wouldn't do it okay from the well yeah anyway in the forward line when he did that and he came up against Sydney's big guy he absolutely dominated him he absolutely creamed him he just grabbed the ball scored like I think it was two or three goals just from. Uh, the tap, I don't know what it's called, so I sound like an idiot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was just a complete domination physically. The Swans couldn't get get out their own end. It was pretty embarrassing, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Buddy, uh, oh, Buddy didn't ba- have much of an impact. Yeah, Buddy was um, uh, sort of criticised on social media for being invisible. Um, but Well, I mean, we never had the ball, really, yeah. so he didn't get much opportunity. But, th- yeah, our midfield got destroyed. Um, Dangerfield was great. Selwood was great. In maybe his last game for the club, he's like a he's played the most finals games ever. He's played forty finals games. Didn't Dangerfield play for? He played for the Crows. Crows, yeah, yeah. And th- this was his first Premiership. He's like thirty-two. Last thing he had to do, pretty much, for his career. So it was nice to see that, but no, fucking, it wasn't nice to see that. Yeah. Was it? So, how many uh, rings has Buddy got? I think it's only one, maybe two. No, what about with Hawthorne? Hawthorne yeah, with dominated. Hawthorne. He hasn't got one with Sydney. He hasn't got one with Sydney. He w- he wasn't with Hawthorne for the three in a row. Oh, okay. Maybe it's Buddy's fault. This is the Christian Ronaldo. Well, he's, he's been to two grand finals, so it's decent, but he did lose. But I mean, him. yeah, he left Hawthorne and they won three in a row. And when Sydney didn't have him, they also won a shit ton as well. So, Well, they won once. Well, I think they won the year before he got there, 2012. And they haven't won since he's been there. Uh, well, anyway, buddies, that's not too good for but buddies. I mean, the, the thing is, Geelong are the, the oldest team in history. So the team that took the field is actually the oldest team to ever take a field in AFL. And they won the comp. So, Oh, the, oh I thought you meant like the oldest like team because like, they started first or whatever. But no, they're, no their they're, age. The age is actually the age of the old. players is the oldest. So they're, yeah. They're well, yeah, I recognize team. a lot of the players because when I actually watched the sport and wasn't I didn't have a pure hatred towards it, I remember a lot of those players like Dangerfield and uh, Selwood, did you say? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. And then the Swans, on the other hand, pretty much have the youngest team in the comp. So Swans will be back. I think they'll get one eventually uh, through this sort of generation of players. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it was sad, but I think in the long run, they'll be better for it. I don't think so. I think you'd want to win. So I mean, yeah, you'd, you'd definitely want to win, but... Sometimes you just got to taste defeat. That's what we did in 2020. Tasted defeat and now look at us. I see a similar yeah. thing happening for the Swans. Do you? I don't I don't see that. Well, again, I have no clue what happens in AFL, so maybe I, I'm just blind to there's, it. There's four uh, goalposts. I know, yeah, I know the rules. The I know the rules because I, I grew up in Australia, but I still think it's a stupid sport. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. A uh, bit of F1 news. Uh, Latifi. Apparently, he's no longer in the sport. Oh, yes. What a day. What a day. What a day. What a day. Go Tifi, as he's referred to by the insufferable Red Bull friends. Um, What a day this is. Oh, what a week. It happened a couple of days ago, I think. But Latifi has been sacked from Williams. Oh, my God. I mean, he's going to be hired as Red Bull. Uh, there's a couple of means going around. <laughs> Red Bull reserve driver. Red Bull reserve <laughs> driver. Uh, Ferrari strategist. You know, there, there's a couple of sort of rumors uh, flown about, about his next landing spot. But <laughs> yeah, 
he deserves to go. I think he's the worst driver on the grid since Mazepin. Uh, but definitely the worst gr- ride on the, uh, driver on the grid this year. I mean, by a sh- without a shadow of it. When you get upstaged by a rookie, 27-year-old rookie, by the way, but still a rookie who has his first race this season and he gets points and you finish 16th or whatever. I mean, come on, bro. What are you doing? The Williams, it's not a good car, but it's still fast in a straight line. But However, Latifi has no... It is no ability to utilize any of that speed. Um, it, it, and you see when um, cars have defaults or they have um, or they have delays or that they you know they break front wings at the start of uh, races and they're all the way at the back. They just lap Gotifi. <laughs> uh, he's just he's never whenever he's given an advantage to go from twentieth to eighteenth, they just always seem to catch up with him. Um, he sucks. He absolutely sucks. He deserves it for what he did last season as well. He cheated. He purposely... Christian Horner was on the phone to him saying, hey, buddy, do you mind if you just drive into a wall for no reason? Yeah, no worries. No worries. Can I get a uh, Red Bull contract? Uh, not sure about that one. Uh, maybe you get a couple of Red Bull in your fridge when you get home. But yeah, he deserves it for cheating, outright cheating, um, and making sure that... Max Verstappen wins a championship. Him and Michael Massey single-handedly ruined Lewis's championship hopes. And I know that's not a very likable opinion because everyone doesn't like Lewis and he won so much. Everyone wants to see the underdog win. But I don't give a fuck because Lewis is English and I'm English. And I ru- I'm a Lewis... I'm not a... Uh, I'm a Lewis fan. I'll say I'm a Lewis fan. The fact that he was robbed clearly by Latifi and Michael Massey, I'm glad that both of them are out the sport. That's all I can say. They deserve right. this is validation. This wow, is that's good. this is proof that he was robbed because if well, both that, of those people think, are out of think, jobs, I don't think Latifi out of the job has yeah, much if, to do with what happened. Yeah, last Yeah, but year. if both of them are out of jobs less than a year after the incident who knows? Happened. Latifi might get another seat. Who knows? Who with a oh maybe Ferrari actually? But <laughs> what team hey, with a brain? Carlos, Carlos. <laughs> You're not good enough, mate. Get it's out. It's time for a plan D. Uh, plan D. We will we'll go uh, to plan Z. Let's see if you're in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one. <laughs> Carlos, get out the car. Let's see if you get in. So we did a they do like the, They do like those massive V8 races where they have two drivers for, for each car. <laughs> yeah. <They> swap. <laughs> the, at the pit stop, they just pull Carlos out and drop the TV. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be surprised, Ferrari. Um, but, yeah, I'm happy that he's gone. Uh, who do you think Williams get? I mean, there's... Obviously, Daniel Rumors naturally swelling Fuck around. Just, I don't know what I would prefer to see Daniel in a Williams and be last every race or see him out of F1 for a year with a hope of getting a better seat next year. But would he get a better seat, though? I don't know, but there's a hope of it. Uh, yeah, I I think I don't think he should take Williams. I mean, what's the best-case scenario? He turns out like Alex Albon. Is Alex Albon getting chased by... No, and I don't think Alex Albon is good either. It's just that Latifi is so shit. Yeah. Like, Albon was terrible in Red Bull, and he, he was all right in Alpha Tower. Yeah, I don't think he's better than Gasly. Mm. But yeah, or you could... But Hulkenberg, didn't he do, like, the reserve driver rope, uh, route, and he just didn't get any opportunities? But he he didn't have an option. He, no one was offering him a seat. He had to be a reserve driver. Yeah. Well, it, we'll see. Uh, hopefully... Um, he gets uh, an opportunity, Danny Rick, and 
I don't know who Williams goes for though. DeVries, do they promote him? They could. They could. Um I guess. I mean, I don't know who would really want to go there that's good. I don't I think they would have to get a new driver. Who brings him? They're money, just though? they're just as desperate to be in F one. Mazepin. Mazepin could be back, you know, who knows if the oh, Russians God. get cleared. The Mazepin. Could you imagine that was probably the funniest. Did, I think have we talked about it, the video that he made about how he was, we are backing all Russian Federation. I've been unjustly fired. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you were fired because you couldn't have any more of daddy's money. And uh, you suck at race driving. So that's why you're not in a team. Buddy. And also he's Russian. Yeah, well, no, I don't think that was even part of it. I thought... No, well, that he wasn't allowed to drive. No, he was. The The FIA allowed him to race under like an international banner or whatever. But, oh, right. But uh, Haas were like... Uh, since your dad cannot fund you anymore, I don't think there's much point in having you here. Well, you don't want Mazza spin on the grid. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let's do- <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think also Formula, what is it? Drive to survive. Honestly, without Mazza spin, there has been a lot less safety cars this year. And also Michael Massey. He might be a direct contributor to the races being more entertaining. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't know what we're missing, really. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing, actually, because at the end of races, it's like, oh, Max is winning. We need Mazza spin, yeah, go Tifi in the same race, they just dueling with each other. They're just <laughs> battling for 18th every race, and they crash at the end. And then we get a <laughs> safety car, and then it's a, you know it's, yeah. then it's a race for the last 10 laps. Yeah, we got yeah, that's a good idea actually. We, they need to publicly F, the FIA need that's probably a rule that should they should put in. They should be like, you know what, yeah. you've got to have both these drivers in Formula 1 <laughs> to make it interesting. They have to be in seats and they have to be in the worst seats. So <laughs> Yeah. They can't be having good seats because then <laughs> you're going to knock out the good drivers. Yeah. So you, you need them to be in the bad seats so they just knock out each other. Um, so, yeah, moving on. Moving on. Um, quickly, <coughs> prediction for Singapore this week. Wow. Max. I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out on a limb here and think, oof, maybe Max Verstappen could win this one. <laughs> maybe right. he could pull it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a controversial opinion, I know, but yeah, it, he's it, going for the chance that he. Doesn't. I think he's close to getting the all-time wins record in a season. He's chasing down Vettel. Yeah, but I think Vettel also came up against a lot better drivers than what. Oh yeah, obviously this has been the easiest season ever. Yeah, um, so literally no competition. Well, yeah, I'm hoping Mercedes can pull the head out of their ass and just finally produce a car that's viable. Um, so Lewis can win a race this year. It'd be. I just want Lewis to win a race. I don't care at this point if Verstappen wins. I just want Lewis to win a race. I think this is might be the biggest drought of his career, Lewis. Mm. Yeah, it's sad. It's very sad, but we're hoping. We're praying. We're, we're rooting for you, Lewis. I'm He's not. not, but I am. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he uh, pulls out a win this weekend and Max Verstappen crashes. Not a bad crash. Obviously, you don't want to uh, sort of campaign for that, but, you know, a, a race-debilitating crash. So, yeah. Yeah, sure. Who do you reckon is going to finish last? Finish last. I think it will be... Latifi. I don't know if he gets through the race. Um, He's gotten through a couple recently, though. He's not... Yeah, but you're not confident that he is, though. Um, I reckon... Schumacher. Ooh. It's controversial. Uh, He's pretty shit. He's not shit. He's not good. He's got points this year. What are you talking about? Back-to-back points. Well, I just want to get rid of him, so... I don't think they want to get rid of him. And they do. I don't think they do. 
I don't think there's they any do. shot. I don't. Who would Haas bring in that's better than Mick Schumacher? Danny Rick. Oh, I don't think that's happening at all. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Uh, moving on, we'll chat about the charity match. Um, Sideband charity match. Obviously, if you didn't know, you're living under a rock. There was a uh, group of YouTubers in the UK called the Sidemen, um, and they played soccer on the weekend Football. with some other YouTubers, and they raised a, a lot of money. Yeah, over a million pounds, which was obviously fantastic for charity. What even what charity is it for? Well, it was actually, I think it was four charities. So it was one was a cancer one, one was, you know, for a children's charity. One was yeah, it was just a bunch of different ones. Did you donate? Since you were watching it, no, I didn't donate. No. You just watched the game for free and didn't think you'd donate. I didn't have my credit card on me at the time. I was just, it was in bed. It was late night. I was just watching the game, falling asleep. So, um, but yeah, it was a. I thought it was a really good game. Uh, it was a really enjoyable game. I, I was present, pleasantly surprised. Sorry, about the quality of the game. I thought a lot of players surprised me and of their quality. I didn't know Philly had the techers that he did. I didn't know Casho mm. had the techers that he did. Um, and Chance. Goldbridge. Colbridge Ball was on full. Yeah, Ch- Chunks They're was on the Chunks the fat Ronaldinho. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, his FIFA stats is five pace and 99 ball control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a fantastic game. And I was rooting for the YouTube All Stars because I'm a big Goldbridge fan. Um, Speed, obviously, I'm a fan of as well. And a lot of the Beta Squad boys as well were fantastic as well. Um, and yeah, Goldbridge Ball was in full effect. Oh, the, the football that was being played by. YouTube All-Stars. It was next-level stuff. I mean, you had Noah Beck, oh, Theo Baker just pulling strings in that midfield, you know, just abs- fizzing passes, flick passes, speed. Nearly scored a goal, which was pro- would, would have been the highlight. I mean, if you were a ref at that point, you just let that go. You know, you just... Hey, job's on the line. In in England, they actually take officiating seriously, so... Well, no, I don't think it was a serious... I, I think he retired, actually. He's retired... Mark Clattenburg, who was a ref. But the, yeah, the touch judge should have just been like, yeah, I'll let this one slide. Um, I mean, he was about eight metres offside. Yeah, I'll let it slide. Speed, though. Imagine, the the moment is better than, you're just denying a cool moment at that point. I mean, it's a charity match. You've got to sort of pump up the entertainment. But yeah, Simon ended up winning in the end, 8-7. Like wow. a last minute chip from Simon. It was just, it was a team carry, let's be real. Simon, uh, Simon, Toby and Manny would just clear it away. The the, the yeah. best players. Um, they're actually like really good at soccer. Some of them football. Yeah, <laughs> um, they are. They are pretty good at football. Um, I thought Chris MD got absolutely toasted by Noah Beck. Noah Beck had him on skates and was uh, bullying him around the pitch. Yeah, Chris MD. Because that was, was the, that was a big storyline coming in. Who's the better footballer, Chris MD or um, Noah Beck? And Noah Beck sort of outdueled him, in my opinion. Anyway. Um, but he's a TikToker. Yeah, so. it was just—it was a very entertaining game. The, I think the YouTube All Stars played better. I thought they dominated the midfield, but Cal the Dragon uh, kind of choked it. Let's be real here. I mean, he was saving. He was trying to—he was trying nothing. to defend his goal from the the halfway. Oh, line. that was bad. <laughs> oh my! Why did he rush up? Simon is literally sees an open net. For, he's like, okay, I'll just pass the ball in now because Cal the Dragon <laughs> rushed up to the top of the penalty box. He's like. What are you doing, man? He's trying to save the ball with his feet every time. He can't use his <laughs> hands. It's like he's... He, I thought he was like a good goalkeeper. I don't know. No, it's, I a, it's, seen a, meme. Stuff, it's a meme. It's a meme. It's a He literally does <laughs> fake goalkeeping against garden <laughs> pots. It's like got those... You know those really small goals that you have in like a back garden? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he literally just has his dad throw balls at him and he does like <laughs> these weird acrobatic dives when he doesn't have to. He's literally a meme. Oh, good. Um, oh, have you not seen any of his TikTok content? No. Nah. Oh, it's it's the most hilarious. His TikTok lives the most hilarious shit. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he's just one of those memes on TikTok and he was horrendous. Pie face, obviously we love pie face. He was terrible as well. He but. wasn't great. Uh, but he was not as bad as Cal the Dragon, let's be real. Uh, if you just shot the ball at Cal the Dragon, you would have scored. So that, that was that was actually the strategy in the first half by Simon. Yeah, they mean, literally from when you kickoff. Let, when they you let Vic Star score, it's not. Oh, that was point. awful. Goal to be fair, though, that was one of the best shots I've ever seen him do. And I've watched but it was so slow. It, it was, was slow, but it was actually accurate. It was bottom yeah, corner. It was accurate, but come on, Cal. Can you not save it? I mean, Chris MD's one was embarrassing. It was right at him, and he just... Why do you have to like swing at it? You need to like clear it. Just put your foot in front of it. It was just ah, uh, it was it, it was Goldbridge should have won that game. He outmanaged it. Uh, who was the other guy? Billy. Yeah, Billy. F2. Billy rocks up in a tracksuit, just taking it casual. Goldbridge. He's just having a good time. Goldbridge is in a three-piece luxury suit. Just like this is an audition for Goldbridge. He's onto yeah. bigger and better things. Yeah, I mean him and Speed. The comparisons to Sir Alex and Ronaldo were. Accurate, in my opinion. It was a great dynamic. I, I saw a video of Mark saying, oh, when Speed hopped, because Mark sat down on the bus, no one sat next to him. He was just sat there um, at, in, like, the middle of the bus. And then Speed comes on the bus and he uh, walks up and he sees Mark Goldbridge. He's like, what's up, Gaffer? Can I sit here? And he sits down and they start chatting. <laughs> what's up, Gaffer? Uh, and he's that, that's such a weird dynamic how those two worlds have collided. But, yeah. I wonder if Speed, what, what he's like when he's out of character. I think he's just, it's kind of like Flight. I think he's just like a regular kid. Flight is just, when Flight's out of character, he's just like stoned. Yeah. <laughs> just quiet. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I do think he has got some tendencies, like some, I don't want to, I don't want to put mental illness on him, but you know, he's got some out there tendencies. He's a bit, he's out the, mm. he's uh, outside the box. Let's put it that way. But I do think you do see some some videos when he's talking to his mum and stuff. I was just a lot calmer in uh, in those scenarios. But I don't know how he can keep up an act for that long. I mean, I've never seen him chill though. Like I've never seen because he's always on stream. He's always like flight. Like he's on stream for like two hours a day, and then he probably just lives a normal life. This guy's on camera like the majority of his life, and he just somehow keeps up an act. I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit weird. But yeah, speed. He had a lot of support. He's really young as well. He's yeah, like, 17. How, why, why couldn't we do this at 17? Why got, couldn't you he's got put 10 it million subs he's 17. Yeah, he's got more. I think he's got like 11 mil. Why, why couldn't you do this at 17? Why couldn't you do this? I don't know. I don't think I've got the, the character. I, yeah, I think thing. you're you're probably the most opposite person I know to speak, to be real. I mean, you're very quiet. You're very non-assuming. You're very sort of uh, good at FIFA. Yeah, no, Speed's good at FIFA now. Apparently, he <laughs> does. He does a. He plays a lot, to be fair. So, yeah, he's actually a really good basketball player, though, as well. No, he's not. He is. Have you seen it? He's he's terrible. Have you not seen him play basketball? Have you not seen his like junior varsity highlights? I've seen him like one v one on YouTube, and he's not no, good. But in, but that's a meme, though. He's have you his JV highlights are actually half decent. Like he looks because he's super athletic. He can do like backflips and shit. He can. He just yeah. yeah but he's really short. Yeah, but he, he can still he's very he can jump very high and he's really fast. So he is speedy. He is he has got a lot he's of speed. Speedy. 
He's got speed in his locker. He should have won. He should have won the Yeezy. Oh shoes yeah, didn't Simon buy him? Buy them for him or something, and then yeah. he, he wore them in the locker room or something, but he didn't put them on. But yeah, great event. I thought the commentary team of Spencer FC and uh, Stephen Tries Stephen Tries was really funny as well. I thought that was a good complimentary thing. I think they could have filled the lineup. Out. The lineup was just great, really. Yeah, I think you could fill filled out a bigger stadium though. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Easily, it was such a big event, and they f- uh, Charles they had a- they had two point six million live viewers. Yeah. And like the the game's already like on close to twenty million views, I think. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think they could have definitely filled out. Maybe not Wembley, but you know they could have done a maybe a forty thousand seater. Yeah. Um, like to put into context, I don't think the NRL Grand Final would even get close to two point six million. No, 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 it wouldn't. Yeah. It's, but I mean, to be fair, football's a, a lot bigger of it. That, yeah, but it's it's a YouTube game. It's not like a professional. I know, but it's not like also, a Champions League final or something. Yeah. Yeah, but also the Simon channel's pretty big. Their fan base is probably Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. They're fucking giant. Yeah. Well, it was a fantastic game either way. and um, Apparently doing another one next year, which I'd be looking forward to. I don't know who the lineup would be. Hopefully Goldbridge is back in there. Um, the masterclass himself. But yeah, moving on. Moving on. Um, when you have a bad day and you pick it up. Sorry, you're I'm right. Just, I'm just filling up time. Okay, thanks. I'm just well giving a bit of a serenade. So, so something that also happened this past week uh, that you probably didn't know about is the Bledisloe, the the rugby union, all black. Oh well, yeah, if you have a life, you definitely didn't hear of it. Yeah. So well, if you didn't know, the Wallabies got pumped. Uh, pretty expected against uh, against the All Blacks. I thought that was close. Yeah, the first game was close. This oh. this was the second game okay. they got pumped. Okay. Um, now. Rugby Union is just, it's almost sad at this point how the the biggest game of the year, this is bigger than a Super Rugby Grand Final, the Bledisloe, the Wallabies All Blacks, that's the pinnacle of Rugby Union. Yeah, I remember growing up, that was massive. Yeah, that's the pinnacle of Rugby Union. And as someone who is a massive sports fan and watches pretty much everything, I don't even know it's on. Yeah, I like. (laughs) They, I literally saw in the news, oh, controversial calls in the Bledisloe Club. And I'm like, oh, they're playing? That's funny. Uh wow, it's a uh, very interesting. I literally, is it? Do you know any Australian rugby players? Um, I know a few. I know a few. They got uh, well, Hooper's Hooper's out at the moment. Yeah, I only I, uh, again. I know the old players from when rugby union was. Pop- yeah, well, I like, know um, the captain. The, the storm. Nick the storm winger. What's his name? Oh, again, Vinavalu. No. Fuck! I forgot his name. Uh, it was before Vinavalu at the Storm. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Corabetti. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corabetti. Um, I know like Tonga Thor. Um, Samu Karevi. I think he's a player. <laughs> but yeah, it's just... it's. Oh no, actually Bernard Foley came back this year. I know him. Well, I think the dynamic has also changed in terms of uh, countries that support it. I, I know... Is Italy doing well? I, I think a lot of like the... Uh, I don't know. I think a lot of the fringe teams are doing well. Um and sort of upsetting the major historic nations. Now, obviously, in New Zealand, it'll probably be big for a long time. But it, from an Australian's perspective, I have one mate that's a rugby union fan, or maybe two. But really, they're in denial at this point. They think rug, rugby union is still the biggest sport in Australia, well, and I'm like, it's, uh, it's just they've they've ta- they've taken the game the complete wrong way because they're all run by old head white people really that are just they, they can't change anything mm. and so that all that they've done 
is micromanage the game to where if you touch a person's head, it's bad in rugby league, really. We think it's bad the head highs in rugby league. You're getting straight send-off for a basic high tackle in union. Yeah. Like, every game pretty much has a send-off at this point, um, or at least multiple sin bins. Um, and it's just, there's so many stoppages. The scrums are so long. The line-outs are so long. There's so many stoppages. The bunkers, they take forever. It's Well, the inability to retain talent as well. I mean, we obviously yeah. went to a private school, so we know schoolboy rugby and how big it is, um, especially in Sydney. It's massive. There's a lot of talent there. Yeah. But they all go to rugby league yeah. because there's a lot better pathways, a lot more money. And in rugby union, it's like, what are you offering them? There's no pathway. Everyone is, a lot of these kids that are growing up, they're growing up NRL fans. It's just, there's no real pathway. They And again, they're trying to swoop in for Sawali, which is the big news about, um, you know, what a $10 million offer or something that is getting tossed around. But there's a lot of players that are being approached. I mean, Cameron Murray, he went to... Like Kings or something? Yeah, he went... Scots, I don't know. Yeah, he went to a private school. Um, Angus Crichton as well. Well, even from our school, like Connor Watson went to Knox when we were there. Yeah. He's gone straight to Rugby Union. Um, or Rugby League. Ru- sorry, Rugby League. But, like, that is the only pathway for Rugby Union is through schoolboy rugby. There is no local leagues, really. Mm. Like, no one plays Rugby Union unless you go to school. Yeah. Out of private school. Yeah, it's very... Yeah, it's very... It, it, it's not. It's very exclusive. I'd, I'd, I'd say it's not very. Yeah, it's it's like a fucking gentleman's club playing rugby, mm. and it's like no one cares anymore. Yeah, because the game is shit, mm. and the players are shit. Yeah, it's just it's fallen by the wayside, and anyone that tries to tell you that it's a big sport in Australia is just it's it's pretty hilarious it's just, to be honest. There's just no comparison. The entertainment value for league is so much unbelievably higher than union right now. It's just impossible to compete, and even AFL like. Yeah, and they're just tossing so much money at these, uh, these no, these really unproven players, j- just as a last ditch effort to sort of bring talent in. But the the talents, I don't think even the problem. It's the infrastructure that they have, um, and their lack of promotion and their lack of involvement well, in within young people across New South Wales and across Queensland and across, uh, you know, across Australia. Really, they they refuse to outreach. Rugby or give a rugby union as an outlet to, um, to multiple different areas. It's very much, uh, like you said, a gentleman's club where only specific type of kids have an ability to play rugby union. There's, I mean, there's just no way you can play it. At least in a sport like cricket, there's a lot of, um, even though there is sort of the same vibe to it, there's still yeah. a lot of clubs around that you can play. Um, it's a very sort of social sport as well that you play. Um, yeah, and they're, they're way better at marketing the game, Cricket Australia. Yeah. Like, everyone knows all the cricketers. Every mm. summer, you, you sit down, watch the test, watch the one day. Yeah. Um, like, in rugby, the problem is also the the club competition, the super rugby. Mm. No one knows what yeah, the what, fuck what the is hell going is going on in that? Are you playing South Africa, Japan? What are like, we doing? I dead set don't even know if I would know five teams in that competition. No, I, I know, like, the old... T- like, back in the day when it was just... It was Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. You had, like... Three teams in each. You played each other. It was pretty simple. It was a bit weird, but it still it was relatively simple. Now you got Japan in this. You got the Red Wolf. What the hell is a Red Wolf? I don't know. You've got. I don't know. I mean, there's teams popping out out of nowhere. It's just it's weird to me how it's just just completely misshapen the game. Now, obviously, we're speaking 
from our perspective, but I think from our perspective, it's even stronger because we grew up in a in a community that really promoted and had a lot of rugby union. I mean, rugby union was the main sport in our area, and even we think that it's dying. So I can't imagine what people in different parts of Sydney and across Australia think about it as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's obviously, and it's there will be countries that I th- still think promote it heavily. Like I'm well, half Welsh, New Zealand, it's still there. They're well, yeah, like I'm half Welsh. Wales, in every other sport, is does nothing. But rugby union, they somehow are one of the best teams in the world. I don't know recently if they're that good, but one of the best teams in the world um, and w- w- their biggest sport. And there are countries like New Zealand and Wales that will always promote rugby union. It's just culturally within that system. But I think in a lot of the big nations like England, um, South like, Africa, like Australia, I think other sports are taking over. Um, whereas rugby union had a hold on those countries. I mean, rugby union and cricket was Australia yeah, for so long. Now I could say basketball's bigger in this country. I could say rugby league obviously is bigger than this country. There's just so many other sports that I would say are bigger in this country than uh, rugby union. So it's just, a, it's a very worrying sign I think for rugby union. And I don't know where they go from here. Can, can they recover? I, I don't really see how they can because the, the game itself is just so much less exciting to watch and less entertaining mm. than rugby league. Like it's direct competitor. Yeah. Um, so I don't really see how they can recover unless they drastically change something in the game, like the rules. Um, and yeah. There's not enough money being brought in to be able to and, drastically sort of. Yeah. And they, and they need talent that they can market. Like they don't have a Quade Cooper coming through. They don't have, um, a Kirtley Beal or I don't know some sort of stuff or an Israel Folau they, they don't have mm. that right now well yeah Kirtley Beal went to Joey's if yeah. if Kirtley Beal came up today he'd probably be playing in the South you know under you know under 18's team or whatever it'd be the the, um, the amount of talent that in my opinion or from when I was a kid that came through rugby union was unbelievable um, and rugby if you played schoolboy rugby in Australia you went on to play for the Wallabies or you went off to play for the Waratahs. Now you're, you're playing for any NRL team that you can get, essentially, because the money's a lot better, the marketing's a lot better, and they grow up at NRL fans. They don't grow up rugby union fans, and they only play rugby union because they get a free private school education, um, essentially, and you you get to go to a good school um, and play rugby union. And get to play rugby, yeah. sorry. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum for, a, for rugby union, and I don't know how they recover from this one. Yep. See you later, mate. No one cares. Um, <laughs> also, quickly, just another thing that you might not have known. Floyd Mayweather fought, like yesterday, I think, um, in another exhibition at 45 years of age, still going strong. Well, he, just, he just spends so much money, doesn't he, that he needs to well, just he made Well, he made $20 million for three minutes. So Yeah, he, he <laughs> makes... He, he has such... He, he's like a kid. He cannot stop spending money on stupid stuff. So he has to keep on doing these exhibition shit. Yeah, but the, the, so he fought some. I think it was another Japanese MMA guy um, who just fought fights in like one championship. I think I don't know, but he's he's not really. No one really knows who he is. But he so he steps in the ring, he punches him once. The kid goes down, and then he just doesn't get back up, and then that's it. So oh my god, <laughs> like this like what. Are you? Who's interested in watching Floyd Mayweather? I mean, what the hell are you doing with your life? I don't know. Buying he, he's getting twenty million for it. I don't know. So someone's interested. Yeah. Well, I think for Floyd's sake, I think, buddy, you got to stop spending money on 
stupid stuff and because someday people are just not going to care anymore and i know you you're still a big name but at some point it's going to turn into nothing and you need to sort of be able to save your money and pay taxes you know that that's probably a big uh thing you need to do as an adult i just think, don't think he ever grew up i think he's one of those guys no, well, if you look at his instagram all it is is just promoting his strip clubs yeah like he owns i don't know how many he owns but he literally but that's just, just such a kid thing to do <laughs> yeah. I'll, i'm gonna go up and own strip clubs like it's just such a. It's literally, it's literally like, come and see, uh, Jasmine and Sophie at three o'clock at the, at this place. Yeah, and it's like Floyd's <laughs> definitely posting that. That's definitely not a, f- a social. Well, media it's on thing. his account. So, well, Floyd. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, Floyd has no idea who Jasmine is. Let's be real. <laughs> um, but yeah, a weird fight, and I don't know what the hell is going on with Floyd. Apparently, there was rumors floating about that he'd fight Deji, but. I don't. I don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't think that can happen. I just don't. Well, he he actually came out and said the Connor rematch is happening next year, and Connor, um, and that was that was all on major news as they were talking about that, and then Connor just comes out and says no. not interested, <laughs> which is smart. I don't know why you would want to do that. I at think this point. Connor. Yeah, I think Connor needs to save every little last juice of his prime he's got left to try and do something productive with his career. Um, I don't. I just, yeah, we've talked about Connor so yeah. many times. So yeah. There's no point talking about him until he recovers from this leg injury that seems to have. You know, he can't walk. Apparently, I mean, this well, leg injury. So he's, fucking, he's he's jacked out of his mind. He's probably on roids right now, but because um, he hasn't been tested since that fight, I think. Is he on roids? Do you reckon? Where would he? Fu- well, how big is he? He's pretty jacked. Like what weight? Um. I think he's like 180, 190. Oh, wow. Jeez, yeah, he's bro. up there. Yeah, um, well, he needs to cut weight. He needs to go back to featherweight. That's his, that's his division. <laughs> okay. That's where he, that's where his prime's at. Um, he looked like a ghost going into the weigh-ins, but still, he, that's where he was good. All right. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll shift over last little topic. Um, someone who's fallen out of their prime, arguably. Maybe he only had a one- or two-year prime. Uh, ben Simmons, he's come out. He's broken his silence. He's done a podcast with JJ Redick. The biggest NBA sympathizer known to man. Yeah, and it was, I don't know, it was, it was a, yeah, a little bit of a controversial podcast, I guess. A little bit. I mean, look, on this show, we may or may not have called him the biggest disgrace to Australian sport in history. Um, that may have come out of my mouth or Dopey's mouth over there. Um but yet, the podcast as a whole, it just was such a weird vibe. It was like they were all trying to stroke his nuts. And I'm like, you know this guy quit on his teams. Two teams, by the way. Actually, no, three teams. He quit Four on teams. Australia. <laughs> so yeah, the, the guy has a history of quitting on teams. Uh, he's not solving world hunger. He's not under unbelievable stress where he cannot bounce a basketball. Um, I know, obviously, he's talked about depression or he's, you know, he's had mental health problems, which is obviously a very serious thing in nature, but his actions don't reflect that because he refused to see a therapist, essentially, and just said, mate, you've got to believe me. Um, I've got mental health. Now pay me $167 million. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a and weird he's all, situation. He's all, he's all good to I thought, go now. Listening to the interview, again, JJ Redick is probably, he's a very refreshing voice in sports. I do like JJ Redick, when it, especially when he's on first take. But... At times, and I think especially in this interview, he comes across as a very... He's just stroking the nuts. It's very... Well, well, you At some point, you I know you want to put on this sort of display that, yeah, you're for the players and you're not going to criticise players, but at some point, you've got to 
when you're interviewing someone, you've got to call them out and say, look, buddy, what the hell's going on here? Like, why well, why do you show up to practice and not? But they're, they're, they're friends, they're teammates, you know? He's, I know, but... He's not going to do that, is he? If me and you are teammates, I'm going to call you out and say, mate, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you, why are you showing up to practice and not practicing? What are you doing? Like, why are you... Yeah, maybe... Um, I mean, that was the that was the weirdest part of the interview for me. Yeah, and it was. I thought Tommy, the co-host, was just weird. He was just chiming in. He didn't really say much. He was just chiming in on every little thing, yeah, yeah. Thing Go that, ben, yeah. that Simmons has been criticised on. He was like, I totally understand. I think people have got it completely wrong. They just don't understand how hard it is for you. And it's, I completely understand it, why you quit on your team. It's and, not hard, and, and you it? didn't dunk on Trey Young, and why you didn't. Uh, I don't know. Play a single game last year. Um, you know, it's understandable to just miss an entire season. Oh, the group chat thing million. as well. He's like, <laughs> I didn't leave the group chat. Um, I think there was another group chat created without you on it. I don't think it yeah, was that, more of oh, a point. The, the thing that was worse, he was like, that group, no one said anything in that group chat for an entire month. And I'm like, what the fuck sort of group <laughs> chat is that? You guys yeah. are in the playoffs and you're not communicating for an entire month? It sounds like you weren't How is in that the new possible? group chat. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he's texting Patty Mills. He's like, oh, what happened? What's happening to, in the group chat? And he's like... <laughs> Oh, nothing, buddy. No, no, nothing. It's not like we're talking shit about you in a different group chat. It's, it's fine. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it comes across Ben Simmons as a very he just comes self righteous yeah, person, it's, super cocky. Not like un, not um, like he doesn't appear grateful for where he's at or like he's earned anything. You know, just and what were you saying? He said that he. Uh, he told like he's not working hard or whatever. I mean, yeah, like JJ's like, how do you make these incredible passes? You know, only you and LeBron really can do this. And he's like, uh, for me, it's easy. Yeah, <laughs> like, buddy, we know you have not done I, a single I, piece I, of work since you've entered the NBA. You are this exact same player you are when you were a rookie. Like, you were a rookie of the year. You had a lot of talent. People were comparing you to LeBron, and then you have not improved a single ounce yeah. since then and then he, he was asked about the shooting thing he was like you know i just want to play basketball the way i want to play it and i all i care about win is winning and it's like bro if you want to win you got to yeah. shoot the <laughs> fucking ball <laughs> if yeah. you want to win you got to shoot more than zero times in the fourth quarter yeah um, um but he did say he's gonna shoot threes this season so we'll is he see. gonna play this season he i don't think i mean again like, i think i ref yeah like i referenced it the thing when he was talking about going back to philly and when he had to show up to practice and he literally walked in, was told Doc Rivers, hey, I'm coming here so I don't get fined. Uh, I'm not ready to play right now. And Doc is like, uh, get on the fucking court, you idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm not ready to play. And he's like, uh, why are you here? This is an NBA <laughs> practice. What the fuck do I, do I want? Do you need to be doing sales? Are you ringing? Are you cold calling members? What What are you doing here? All right. You're a basketball player. Get on the court and play basketball. And Ben's just moping around like, and he's just trying to um, sort of excuse it by saying, "Oh, I didn't want to be there, so I just didn't give any effort." I'm like, "It's like obviously you didn't want to be there, bro." (laughs) But then again, when you get to Brooklyn, you've got some mystery back injury that comes out of nowhere and you can't play. Well, the back injury is the one thing where I'll give him a little bit of slack because I think he did get surgery on it and it sounded... I mean, he did make it sound bad. Who knows if he's telling the truth. Yeah, again, Ben Simmons, you couldn't tr- trust the word out of it, his He did mouth. make it sound bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think he could have come back before he had the injury originally, but he, yes. he sat out and then he got the injury. I think so. if you, Kevin Durant's probably looking at him going, this idiot... I put blood, sweat, and tears into this team. I am 
trying my utmost best here. And this fuck off. Yeah, well, Kevin, just Kevin, moping Kevin, about. Kevin's seen him for two months and he's asked to, asked to yeah. get out of the place. <laughs> he's like, so he's like, he's seen enough. God, it, it's just, it, I like JJ Redick. I like his podcast. I like him as a personality and I think he's cool. Um, and I do like it. His approach is a bit different to the m- most analysts where most analysts like us kind of help you just go after people. Um, he's a lot, he's more on the player's side and he backs up players and he's more on the positive sort of. And he, he gets, he gets players to open up, which is good. Yeah. Which is feel comfortable. a really cool sort of way to look at it and a lot different. And I think it's very positive. However, there are instances where you need to ask hard questions and follow up with harder questions. Like Ben Simmons, rightly so, was criticized for quitting and just showing up for the money. And you have, you don't have to come at it like a derogatory way, but you've got to come at it at a sort of harsh perspective and a very blunt... You've got to have a couple blunt questions in there saying, what, what is your motivation? What are you... Like, what is... Why did you do this? Why did you do that? You've got to have some sort of hard interview style when it comes to players like that who clearly have very... Yeah. Um, and they're, they're talking like he's you know still one of the best players in the league. It's like, bro, last time we saw you, you didn't no. you didn't shoot a ball for like you were three shocking. four quarters. <laughs> um, he quit on Australia as well when Australia were in the Olympics and we had the chance to get our first medal ever. And we obviously got the medal in the end, but we could have gone further, in my opinion, if we if he would have played um, and he just refused to play. He didn't want to come. And and I get, it's a tough situation, obviously, because it was a COVID Olympics um, and it was a sort of tough restrictions. You, but I mean, you're representing your country and you're refusing to do so. Uh, it was just, a, it was, a, he just doesn't come across as a good sort of Australian. And we've said that before, or I've said it at least, that he is very, opposite to our values as an Australian. As an Australian, especially in sports, we're all taught as kids to give it a go and try your best and sacrifice for your team. That's the most important thing in Australia. And he does none of that. Um, So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing to see that he was sort of cuddled or coddled in this interview instead of asked some hard-hitting questions since it's his first time sort of talking about it. Um, But, yeah, it was a a very... uh, I didn't enjoy it, to be fair. I was hoping for some more hard-hitting questions. Yeah, they they just glazed over everything that, you know, that was controversial, that mm. painted Ben in a negative light, really, and just focused on... Which, clearly, he they were briefed about beforehand. Like, yeah, you're getting this interview, but <laughs> you ca- you've got to, like, support me to the end of the day. Yeah, because um, I think they were meant to do a episode before, and Ben pulled out. So he's obviously hard to get for interviews. I mean, you don't see him on anything, really. Mm. Um, I think if he was just... Even if he lied, he was just like open. He would just talked a lot. I think he'd be a lot less hated. Like if he just was even open, even if he was honest, if he was open and honest and said, "Yeah, I just didn't want to do it. I felt like I was hated in Philadelphia. I didn't like the city at that point in time. I didn't like the coach that I was playing for. I came to Brooklyn. I had a back injury, um, and I wasn't confident in my abilities to perform well for the team. But now I'm ready and raring to go." If he comes across with a statements like that i think even though it's not good because you still play basketball i think a lot more people would be sort of understanding his point of view and i think he'd be a lot more yeah, receptive and he, was, and he was like saying um he wasn't happy with the analysts like Shaq was roasting him and he wasn't brother, happy with how they were portraying him and it's like bro come on what what, what, what does Shaq, what, is, what does Shaq owe you mate he can say what he wants yeah it's like 
you should get special treatment or something. It, ridiculous. He, he rightly so was roasted, um, and he, he's. I think he just plays a victim mentality too much. Um, yeah, it just wasn't a it wasn't a great interview for him, in my opinion. Anyways, yeah. Well, okay, we'll we'll leave that there. Now, last segment. Uh, we'll do another top three list. So, this week was based on this this new doc about the Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, so it's I a, haven't seen it. Well, it's no, it's an, I think it's a Evan Peters is in it. It's a very sort of I haven't seen it actually as well, but it's a very popular thing on Netflix. And we were sort of spitballing saying, "Oh, what's a cool topic?" Um, and I was thinking, you know what? Biggest psychos in sport. Um, and from I don't know how he's framed his list, but my list personally, it's more of a sporting context. Um, in terms of uh, like just madmen or you know uh, yeah like madmen on the in their sporting arena you know it's just a bit bit of a nutter right as you, we, we refer to them in England um, so yeah I can I'll go first um, so my number three Mad Hatter Roy Keane um, one of my favorite sort of uh, figures in sport obviously a Man United fan best captain ever in my opinion. He's not completely mad. However, he does have a very psychopathic vibe to him. Uh, he's very quiet. He's very uh, non-assuming. But then when it gets to business on the football field, he just breaks your leg. Um, and I don't know if you know the um, Erling Haaland's dad's story, Alfie Haaland. Yeah. Uh, so basically, Al- Haaland, um, or Haaland's dad, injured him in a game and then stood over him. And then when Roy King came back and played him next time, he broke his leg in half and ended his career. So that's the kind of psychopath that I like. Um, doesn't take any shit. Is uh, a nut job. He, re- he goes up to refs and intimidates them. I like that. It's a good psychopath to have in your team. He was called, obviously, a grub and a dirtbag dirt by opposition fans. Um, and it's heavily criticized in media for multiple different things. But, yeah, he, he's one of my favorite players ever. So he's a, he's a good psychopath. Um, there's a, there might be a couple on here that aren't great, but yeah, my number two, Dennis Rodman, uh, an mm-hmm. absolute nut job in the true, true sense of the word, changed his hair color more than he changed, you know, went to the toilet. He was just unbelievably weird in that sense. He would leave the team in the middle of the season to go on booze, you know, just to go on, uh, benders to Vegas. You know, he was just a bit of a out there character. Wore a dress in public. He, he was just a very... He's best mates with Kim Jong-un. Uh, he's just a very peculiar character. Uh, but I think it's a very likable character. And I think within NBA fan bases, he's a very um, sort of cult figure, you could, you can almost say. So, yeah, he's a he's a very cool person. Um, but, yeah, a psycho on the... And he played like a psycho as well. He played like a madman. He cared about rebounding. He hustled to every ball. Um and yeah, it was crucial in those Bulls winning teams. So uh, he's my number two. Number one, um, Ron Artest slash Meta World Peace. I don't know why right. he called himself Meta World Peace because he's <laughs> the least peaceful player I've ever seen in my life. Um, m- there's probably two instances that stick out in my mind that sort of makes me think he's a bit of a psychopath. Number one, the Malice in the Palace. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, punching up. Back in Indiana. Yep. Punching up fans, which was uh, not that cool, I don't think. Uh, he was, yeah. And even he punched up the innocent ones as well. He didn't even do anything. <laughs> he just started punching up uh, random fans, which a bit of a psychopath move. Um, and then 
the second one was the James Harden elbow. I don't know if you've seen it, but when he's running I back and he just switches back and just goes bang. Yeah, I think right in it. James clear as day. I think he was called Meta World Peace at the time. It's the least peaceful thing I've ever seen on a basketball court. Swings back. World peace, mate, not basketball peace. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he literally just clear as day, just running back. Yeah, yeah. Do, do yeah. people still call Bang. him Ron or does he have to be called Meta? I don't. Who, who calls him? I mean, you've got to be a bit of a psychopath to call yourself world peace as well. <laughs> right. That is so fucked. Uh, how do you come up yeah, with that? Yeah, I don't know how. You know, what's a cool name for my. It's a bit of obsessive. Oh, it's not obsessive, but a bit of a. Um, egotistical sort of name. He was like calling yourself world peace. I don't know about that. But he does He does seem like a nice guy now. Well, he seems like a nice guy, but I'm talking about in a sporting context when they were playing, these guys were a bit of a nut job. And this guy was very violent in terms of being a nut job. Honorable consideration was Psycho T, which was his actual nickname was Psycho T. Tyler Hansborough was a really good college player. I was nicknamed that at North Carolina. Went to the NBA, was absolutely wank because... He was just a college, one of those college cult heroes, but really didn't have the skills to play at an NBA high level. But his name was Psycho T, which sort of is a cool, probably one of the coolest NBA nicknames, in my opinion. But yeah, that's my list. And Ron Artest probably tops it for me because mm-hmm. he physically beat up people um, while right. he was playing. So it's not really something you see often. All right. Well, yeah, my list is a little bit different. More people that have done questionable things, um, not necessarily just. Um, on the sports field. So I've got John Jones on my list. Um, <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. But I think the main reason why he's a psychopath mentally is because he's convinced himself that he's a good person. Um, <laughs> and he portrays himself like that in interviews and in public. And it's just like, you know, when you're a certif- when you're a convicted drug cheat, a convicted felon, you know, you, you've crashed into yeah. people. You've you may or may not your have, wife. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know... Multiple drink driving, armory offences, like multiple, 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 multiple offences, not to mention multiple, multiple, multiple failed drug tests. Um, Do you hear the Chael Sonnen story of like John Cho's hiding under the UFC ring? when Yeah, like USADA came to test him and he fucking hid under the cage (laughs) for three hours until they left. Like if that doesn't scream you're on drugs. (laughs) Apparently it was because he smoked weed. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. sure. but yeah, just just a psychopath. I mean, I don't understand how he still thinks he's a good person. You're just not, mate. You're a loser, and you have to you have to realize it. Okay. If now, you're listening, come back and fight at heavyweight, or I'll be pissed. Still. But yeah, again, that's the thing with UFC fans. They're like, yeah, he's done all this stuff, but he's a great <laughs> fighter. So exactly, you still want to see him fight. That's the thing, because um, no one really cares if you're a good person or not. Well, yeah, UFC. he's a goat in my opinion of, in the UFC. Yeah. So. so second, I've got Lance Armstrong. Um, Obviously, a bike rider, cyclist, probably the Bill Burr nicknamed him actually a psychopath on a bike. So it's oh, a really? very so yeah. It's so good. probably the biggest drug cheat in the history of sports. I don't know how many Tour de France's he ended up winning. I think like seven or eight or something. I don't know. But we we obviously we actually studied him a lot in past during school, and it's it's freaking crazy the lengths he went to to do these drugs. You know, <laughs> they would literally inject them in these trailers put the needles in empty Coke cans and literally walk out the door and do a press conference with the media. And they're five metres away from these people just injecting EPO into them. Um, and they never got caught. So, I mean, you've you got to be some sort of psychopath to go to those lengths to win. Now, in his defence, a lot of people were, were doping at yeah, that Yeah, it's time. like I think the top 20 were. Um, yeah, a lot of people were doping. So, he probably still was very good. 
Well, yeah, um, I, Lance Armstrong was just the best doped-up guy. Yeah, and, you know, USADA's claim to fame, who are now coincidentally the main guys for the UFC, their claim to fame is catching Lance Armstrong. And it's like, bro, he he admitted it <laughs> 10 years after he retired. <laughs> like, Good that's, job, buddy. That's not a claim. <laughs> yeah, he made all of his money, did all of his sponsorship work, and when he's ready yeah. to retire, he's like, yeah, by the way, I may uh, And drunk. the UFC drug testing is questionable, to say the least, considering they let John Jones fight, they let Lesnar fight on positive tests. Um, you know, TJ Dillashaw's results don't come out until after the fight, you know. It was accidental. It was obviously... Yeah, somehow Kamara Usman hasn't tested positive. So th- there is very questionable things going on with USADA and the UFC. So, but that's my second thing. And my third one is another UFC guy, but the head of the UFC is Dana White. <laughs> now, I think this guy's a psychopath just because he has the biggest ego you've ever seen. Like, he rivals Christian Horner for sure. Um He's, he's a psychopath because he just, whatever he thinks is right. Now, it, when it comes to fighters, he hates fighters um, if they've done something he doesn't like and he loves fighters if, you know, they take less money or they take a fight on one week notice and get their head punched in, you know. And he tells the media exactly what he thinks. Um, Which I think that's cool, though. I it's think cool, but he's a lot of the time he's wrong and he's just saying it to further his own agenda. Um there's like when they talk about boxing, he loves to roast boxing. That's probably his favorite thing, um, especially especially Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, yeah, Oscar favorite. De La Hoya, and it's just a lot of the shit Dana says is just it's just stupid, really. But he just backs it. Um, like if he booked Connor in a title fight, he would just say Connor is on a roll. He's a fucking great fighter, and he's got a chance at winning this. And so many people just listen to him. Um, and he's just, he, I don't know, he's obviously, I'd love Dana to be fair, and he's a great leader of a company, but he underpays his fighters, he doesn't really treat them fairly or equally, he definitely doesn't treat them equally, um, certain fighters definitely get Dana White privilege and certain fighters don't, and he just says a lot of questionable shit in the media, so I think he's he's a psychopath, but he's still a cool dude. He's a cool psychopath. Yeah. He's a cool one. He's one of the good ones. Yeah. He's one of the good ones. But yeah, um, I, I guess. I mean, Dana, 60 Gs, baby. He's he's very, uh, I guess, he, I think he just speaks his mind a lot. I think he's very open and honest. He about does, but he's, but he's always got his agenda that he's pushing. Yeah. Like, um, for example, if, if, like when Rob Whitaker loses the last title fight, they go, oh, I, he... They go, oh, that was a really close fight, don't you think? Um, where do you think Rob goes from here? And he goes, I don't know. I just don't know. <laughs> and it's like, clearly you don't want to put him in another title fight, even though he's fucking deserves it. So um, it, it's just stuff like that. And then well, yeah. sometimes when fighters lose, he's like, I think he needs to retire. Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I d- I think he is. He does push agendas a lot. I think there are fighters that he definitely even wants to Even Alex win. Pereira, who's fighting Izzy now at MSG, the guy has had one ranked win in the UFC and he's talking about him like he's the second coming of Jesus. Like the guy nearly lost to an unranked opponent who has barely any wins in the UFC just for getting well, I think he's down. doing that to pump up the fight. I think he knows yeah. it's a mismatch. Yeah, but they've booked the fight and you have to justify booking the fight and he's doing that by pushing his own agenda which is to sell more pay-per-views. Yeah. Well, yeah. I know he's just chatting shit. Yeah. Well, he's a very popular guy but yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit funny how um, certain fighters get certain privileges, but I th- again, that's the art of sell. It's he's he's, a ten- he's essentially a salesman, um, 
and he needs to sell fights and he needs to sell big names and he needs to create big names and he has a lot more preference and a lot more time for I mean uh, there's some of the shit that Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz and all those uh, Jorge Masvidal all the shit that they've done um, and he just excuses it because they're big names like, well, he hated Nate um, like he didn't even let him out of his like he's just let Jose out so Jose Aldo's just retired I don't know if you knew yeah he's announced his retirement um, but he was still under contract with the UFC and the UFC have just they've let him they've released him from the his contract. <laughs> you don't see them releasing Nate Diaz from his contract when he's got one fight left. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just, you know, they clearly have favourites. But yeah. I I think, yeah, I think our lists are good. I think it's a good sort of balance. You, we, you took a baby a different uh, sort of look on it. But yeah, John Jones, I think in the truest sense of the, truest sense of the word, sorry, John Jones is definitely, could be seen as a psychopath. I mean, the guy just, he's got an ego bigger than, it, like, yeah, Oh, maybe what's another guy? Oh, hang on, he's a. I just something just came to mind. He's got a ego bigger than. It just thinks they're the best. Oh my god, I just lost it. Far out, I just lost what it. Sport. Oh god, I just lost it. He thinks he's unbelievable, but he's not. <laughs> um. I don't know. Oh fuck! I forgot. Oh my god, Latifi. That's, that's gonna annoy. Latifi <laughs> knows he's wank. Okay, let's be real. Um, but yeah, good podcast today. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Go follow us on all of our socials at Claw and the King. Hit that subscribe button, baby. Share it with all your buddies. If you don't have friends, just share it with your family. Uh, share it with your cousins, with your sister, with your brother. Share it with, with the next person you see after you watch it. The next 20 people you see after you watch it, I think. Yeah, or even like the next 30. Or maybe even like the next 100. I mean, people probably won't see 30 people in a day, but. Just, you know, Snapchat. If you've got oh, Snapchat, blast it on everyone. Everyone you call. Hey, by the way, you need to check out this podcast, Claw and the King. Ring people up. Give it a check. Yes. Email list. I mean, just send an email to Jeff Bezos or something. You know, just f- just keep on hounding people. That's how you get somewhere in life. And now we're too lazy to do that. But our loyal fans can do it. Well, you're too lazy for sure. Well, no, he's too lazy. No, no, no. We are, we're, not, we're, we are not on the same level of lazy. We're not Come getting on. onto we're that no, discussion. Um, so yeah, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and enjoy the podcast and bon voyage, I guess. Do you have any final passing words? Um, up the riff, get on on 13 plus. See you next week. Don't listen to her. Peace.